I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's not fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry, I don't know why. I know it's not the best saying, but I've had this song in my head. Maybe the band Alabama was onto something. Do you ever wonder why you're in such a hurry? It seems everyone is hurried these days, and the pace of life is not slowing down anytime soon. But God never tells us to hurry, and Jesus never modeled how to hurry. So why are we listening to the world around us that says we need to hurry, to the detriment of our souls? If you're ready to do something about the hurry in your life, no matter where you are on the spectrum, let's ruthlessly eliminate hurry together. On this episode, we'll talk about what hurry really is, why it's a problem, plus the three steps you can take now to slow down for good as a busy Christian woman. Push pause in your hurry for a few minutes and listen in. It just might save your life and your soul. Hey, busy girl. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what He's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? The principles we're talking about today were inspired by the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Have I told you the story of how I came across it? Sometimes I feel like a broken record because I keep talking about this book. So forgive me if I've already shared this with you. But shame on you if you've heard it and still not read it or joined our conversation around it inside the community. It's not too late to pop in. So here's how the story goes. Just over a year ago, this book showed up on my doorstep. Cool God story, huh? Actually, my dad ordered it for me on Amazon and then texted, I just sent you something. I hope I didn't offend you. Offend me? He blessed me more than he could ever know. He saw the hurry in me that I could not see in myself and was bold enough to say, in a roundabout way, I think you should do something about it for the sake of your soul. So today, I'm saying that same thing to you, because I see you. You're somewhere on the busy spectrum, whether you're flitting around from this to that with seeming grace, or sprinting from here to there with your hair on fire. But here's the truth. Both lead to hurry in your life. In fact, I'm not even going to make you wait for Amazon Prime two-day shipping. I'm going to give you some nuggets of truth today, and better yet, invite you to join in the five-day Let's Ruthlessly Eliminate Hurry Challenge going on right now inside the Redeemer Time community. Each day, we're reading a devotion from John Mark Comer's book, plus scripture from God's Word, 
Then putting it into practice with a simple exercise and holding one another accountable to following through inside our group. If you're listening to this in real time, don't put off joining the group because today is only or already, depending on how you look at it, day two. And if you're listening to this after the fact, no worries. Just email the word hurry to lissa at redeemhertime.com and I'll send you the details to do it on your own. So first, what exactly is hurry? Well, according to Webster, hurry is to move or act with great haste, to have a need for haste or urgency. And what caught my eye on that Google search was the graph that accompanied the definition about the usage of the word over time. Get this, its lowest occurrence was in 1980. Shout out to all of us who grew up in the 80s, and we thought it was just the good music and great outfits that made it the best decade ever. And then, guess what happened with the usage of the word hurry from 1980 till 2019? That's the last year the graph calculated. It increased by five times. And there's no telling what it's done in the last four years since then. Most likely, it's 10 times. And here's the thing about hurry. It's rarely used in a positive light. Either you're hurrying through something or someone is trying to get you to move faster than you really want. So to say that hurry exists and is a problem is an understatement. And my guess is that's why the tagline to the book is how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. Cause apparently hurry is what makes us emotionally unhealthy and spiritually dead. On page 25 of the book, the author says, Hurry is what keeps us from God by stealing our attention. Who wants that? Around here, we're about living the with God life, not the without him one. And as I've reflected on it, it seems what constantly steals our attention is an addiction. Emphasis on the word constantly, including hurry. So can you really become addicted to hurry? Listen to the definition of addiction that John Mark Comer shares being relentlessly pulled to anything that becomes so compulsive, it interferes with everyday life. Anyone out there ever feel like busy in hurry interferes with your everyday life? I've got both hands raised behind the microphone over here. So it's no wonder he added the words ruthlessly eliminate to his title. Ruthlessly, adverb, having or showing no pity or compassion in how you do something. Because when we've got a relentless addiction, we have to be ruthless or we will be constantly overruled. And eliminate, noun, the complete removal or destruction of something, as in it's never coming back because it no longer exists. When we've got a compulsive interference, we have to eliminate it, or it will just keep coming back. So yes, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. That is, if you're really serious about it. The concept of the entire book is set up by an interaction between the mentor Dallas Willard and one of his mentees, John Ortberg, who then passed the story on to John Mark Comer. He asked, what do I need to do to become the me I want to be? Or in other words, what do I need to do to be who God wants me to be? Before I tell you the answer given to the young protege, let me ask, how would you answer that question? I just asked Google what it had to say, and the list of steps was stellar. Clarify your vision, identify your strengths and weaknesses, set achievable goals, take action, be persistent, seek support, all good things that I've taught here on the podcast. But do you know what, actual, what answer he actually got from his wiser mentor? You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. 
Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. What? Not more good God things on your to-do list? Actually something or a lot of things to not do? That seems counterintuitive to our human brains. Because what do we tend to do to become the me that God wants us to be? We do more, not less. We speed up, not slow down. I know these words did not directly come out of Jesus' mouth, but he certainly lived them out. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. It's true. Jesus was never in a hurry, and yet he always had a lot he could do. So how do our lives compare to his? The only way to know is to go under the microscope. Do you have what psychologists and mental health experts are now calling a modern epidemic of hurry sickness? Here's what the diagnosis looks like. A behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Not Jesus for sure, but is that you? Or a continuous struggle, an unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events or activities in less and less time. Again, not Jesus. And you? If you're still not sure, here are a few symptoms of hurry sickness from the book, The Time Cure. Moving from one checkout line to another because it looks shorter or faster. Counting the cars in front of you and either getting in the lane that has the least or is going the fastest. Multitasking to the point of forgetting one of the tasks. For some reason, that one has a star next to it in my book. Those may be some external symptoms you're noticing, but just like with distractions, the root issue is usually internal. So let's check our hearts by taking John Mark Comer's self-inventory. Count how many of the following are true for you at any level. I'm just going to read the symptom for the sake of time, but if you want to know more about what each entails, you can read them for yourself on pages 48 to 51 of the book. Here we go. Irritability. Hypersensitivity. Restlessness. Workaholism or nonstop activity. Emotional numbness. Out-of-order priorities. Lack of self-care. Escapist behaviors. Now, this one bears some explanation. No, this is not about your recent escape room experience, but rather turning to distractions to escape from reality, i.e. social media, food, alcohol, busyness. Moving on. Slippage of spiritual disciplines. Isolation. How did you score? More than three? More than five? More than eight? All 10? Jesus? Zero. No shame, because you're not Jesus, but he's the one we should be patterning our lives after as his daughters. And what did you notice all 10 had in common? I noticed they're all heart issues. Would you agree? Perhaps my favorite quote that sums up the whole book and is written on a post-it on my computer as we speak, so I never forget it, is this. Hurry is not a disordered schedule or to-do list, I might add. It's a disordered heart. Mic drop. If we could just live by that one truth, everything would look different and a lot more like Jesus. And isn't that the goal for us as disciples of him? So what's a hurried girl to do to start living that way? I'm so glad you asked. Here are the three steps to slow down for good as a busy Christian woman. Ready to jot these down so they don't get lost in the shuffle? Don't worry, I'll wait. Number one, accept your limitations. Recognize you're not Jesus, and you're not God either. You are not limitless like him. You only have so much time. You only have so much reach. You only have so much power. So admit, you can't do it all. There. Now, doesn't that feel better already? 
If that makes you break out in hives about how in the world you're going to fit it all in, move on to step two. Two, consider your yeses. Since you can't do it all, you can't say yes to it all either. So are you carefully considering what gets your yes and what doesn't? AKA, that means lovingly saying no, which is not only okay, it's actually the way of Jesus too. He only said yes to what would build God's kingdom and to what would fulfill the two greatest commandments to love God first and to love others second. Just because someone asks or expects or hints does not mean that it's what God wants you to take on. Does that give you some breathing room? Hopefully. But if it makes you stress out about saying yes to the right things, move on to step three. Three, schedule your margin. Yes, you should be saying yes to white space in your life. In the book, John Mark Comer defines margin as the space between our load and our limits. That's why acknowledging those was step one. There should be intentional time when you're not doing life at a hurried pace, i.e. not carrying a load. Jesus modeled this by getting away alone with his father, sleeping when everyone else is worrying, having deep conversations along the way or around the table, and practicing the Sabbath. Margin gives space for your soul to catch up with your body so you can focus on what you are called to. And if Jesus needed it, how much more do we, mere mortals? And those nuggets, my friend, are just from the first half of the book. The second half is about practicing the unhurried ways of Jesus through silence and solitude, getting alone and quiet with yourself and God, Sabbath, making one day different than the rest, simplicity, intentionally removing stuff to create space in your home and heart, and slowing, not moving at breakneck speed, but with a calculated pace and careful use of time. I won't spoil the rest of the book for you, and instead, let the Holy Spirit guide you through John Mark Comer's words. But if you're serious about wanting ruthlessly eliminating hurry today, hop on over to redeemhertime.com forward slash community and come join the five-day challenge. I'll drop the link in the show notes for you to make it easy. And while you're inside the group, feel free to binge the book club replays about each chapter of the book. Think of it like an interactive audiobook. Because God didn't create us to live a life of hurry. So before we go, let's pray and ask for his leading in this area. Dear Father, you are our creator and you are our sustainer. Therefore, we do not need to be in a hurry to try to keep the world spinning. We confess that for many of us, hurry has been a hallmark of our life always rushing from one thing to the next, feeling like if we don't, we might drop a ball or disappoint a friend or miss an opportunity. But you are the one who holds it all in your hands. And so we yield our souls to you and ask your spirit to quiet our racing hearts because we can't do it on our own. Thank you for the example that Christ sent a set of an unhurried yet purposeful life here on earth that we can follow. Help us to see the hurry in ourselves, to let it go and follow your lead. Thank you for speaking this truth through your word and also through authors and podcasts that you have given this needed message to share. May we embrace our limits, consider our yeses, and schedule our margins so that we may truly be emotionally healthy and spiritually alive to you, to ourselves, and to each other. We cannot do this alone, and so we ask for your help, knowing that you will give it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friend, feel free to just sit here in the pause and not rush back to life out there. And I'll see you inside our community as we ruthlessly eliminate hurry together. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need to do what he has called you to in this season 
and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart, because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.